Welcome back to Not 97. Today we're joined by Chicago's own Femdot on the heels of dropping his latest mixtape, Free Samples Volume 2, and kicking off his Free Samples headlining tour. We talked through the mixtape series and building towards his forthcoming album. We discussed the evolution of his writing style over the years as he's sharpened his pen and become more comfortable telling intricate stories. And we talked through what it means to be a Chicago artist, following in the footsteps and legacy of those who have come before. Plus, Femdot lays down a live performance of his own Cowboy Bebop live from the office and brought to you by The Orchard and Human Resources. This is not a podcast. This is not a radio show. This is not 97. Enjoy. Femdot. Yes, sir. Welcome to Not 97. Thank you for having me. How you living? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm 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 rolling in gratitude right now. Yeah. <laughs> Before we fully get into it, do you want to just introduce yourself real quick? Yeah. A uh, little my, bit about who you are, where you come from. Absolutely. My name is Femdot. I'm out of Chicago. I am a really good rapper. I do other things well too, but <laughs> <laughs> rapping is is the 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 medium I chose. Yeah, you know, out of Chicago, putting it together. Yeah. You know? So last night was the first night of the Free Samples tour. Yeah. You said first headlining date in New York, first yeah. headlining tour yep. in, you got dates in LA, you got dates in DC. Yep. Yes, sir. How's so, it feel? It's cool, man. I'm like, people can't get people to fill up a birthday dinner in a city they're not from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so... To have anybody come and see me in the city I'm not from, like, and for me, like, I've done a bunch of tours before, you know what I mean, with other people, but it's different when, like, these people are here and they're here to see you. Yeah. And you can have other people there, like, to open up for you so people can see them. So that was really cool. And, like, Static Selector randomly was at the show. He was, oh, he was spinning with uh, Marco Plus and... That was cool. Like, my family was there. So, yeah, like, it started off really cool. Yeah, that's true. Like, you come to New York and a New York legend is You know, just, just casually on stage. there. Yeah. So, okay, I'm just here. And yeah. It's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. I know that you've, like, I know that you've toured nationwide tours. Yeah. Redville, Saba, Toby Lou. Mm-hmm. I feel like I saw you speak or, or say something a few years ago about how at one point you, like, weren't sure if you were going to be playing shows again. Yeah. I mean, after, so... I'm a touring artist. I think that's become part of the brand. So I and I also just feel like my freest form of myself on stage. Like, I mean, you can see I don't be giving no fuck yeah, on stage. Yeah, you were having I a good be, time. What I was singing, Summer Walker on stage. I do not <laughs> care. Um, was that unplanned? Uh, I mean, I said I wanted to try it out, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I looked at I looked at Charles, my DJ, who's been my DJ since he was like 15, and I'm like, I'm gonna try it out. He's like, try it out. Great, great decision. Ten out of ten. But yeah, so like. But when COVID happened, we had a whole tour plan coming into COVID. We were supposed to get back on the road, like a college run or other shit. And that was the first time ever when, like, I planned something and then everything stopped. And I learned that, like, manifestation, like, has a limit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I could plan everything and work towards it, but it can stop. So I'm like, damn, I really don't know if I'll ever be on stage again. Yeah. You know, it was no telling. And, you know, you look at, like, March 2020, you know, or not even March, because people were still delusional then. But by, like, May 2020, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm probably not. I don't know if I'm ever going to be on stage again. Or people are going to wave their hands. People are going to jump. Like, everyone's going to have masks. I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. So 
it just brought a new form of gratitude when I got back on stage. Cause I'm like, damn, it was a point of time where I was like, bro, I really don't know when or if I'll be on stage. Again, yeah. You know? And it's like not worth putting a time on it because you're like, if I had this all planned out once and then then it all went away, like, let me not get my hopes up just exactly. in case. Exactly. Like I'm still planning my life. You know what I'm saying? I still want to have a plan and do whatever, but I just have to be able to pivot because I, you know, you never know. what could, No one could have expected. Well, technically, you know, people have been we'll get into whole like also science shit people have been talking about like an epidemic coming for a very long time yeah but in the grand scheme of things niggas not yeah. just thinking like oh you know what i mean the world is about they're about to shut down the olympics like, yeah come on bro yeah that don't happen yeah uh, <laughs> like, you know what i mean like that's crazy yeah well you're back yeah and we you're are on back. stage yeah yeah for sure and you're singing yeah i'm up on stage singing in key by the way that's the most important is, part is singing just in general a new like finding the confidence in singing finding the confidence for sure because i sing in my house all the time you feel me i actually fun fact i started singing first before i started rapping but i was also like five years old yeah. so like my voice was very high but uh, yeah like singing on stage or like heavily singing the songs a very a very new like i've tried it before and like you know i have moments and elements of it but like i think like i'll learn my voice a lot more to be able to kind of at least like start hearing things and i'm around music more to like okay i'm out of key i'm in key i need to change what yeah. is the, what's the note i'm hitting i wasn't able to do that shit like three four years ago yeah yeah you had the summer you had little frank yeah little frank you know yeah. what i mean i like r&b my favorite genre i just if i could if i could sing as good as people think i could rap i would never rap again yeah for sure <laughs> and i love rap all my heart but if i could sing as good as people think i could rap yeah i feel like that shit is fun though when you like slide into slide into something like that yeah people just get excited they're like is he i am oh, he's doing it i am yep. yeah i am like we're, we're we're all in my living room now we're yeah. all in this together for sure yeah. for sure for sure so you just dropped free samples. Yep. Volume two. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what the kind of theme of free samples yeah, means sure. and and you know waffle waffle goods and everything? Yeah, the waffle goods. So so W or Waffle, if you want to abbreviate it, is pretty much a fictional grocery store that I created because as artists we have things in bulk in the same way that Sam's Club and stuff have things in bulk, right? We're sitting on so much music. So then it becomes like, how do we get music out to the people? I'm like, oh, like, I'm working on another album right now. I haven't had a full length in a while, so I'm working on a full length. And I want to give people samples of what that is. So we're like, all right, let's create seasonal items, right, of like kind of what I'm working on to give people a glimpse of like the different flavors that we have yeah. and different skill sets that I'm learning as I work on this album. And let's package it and give it to the people. And, you know, so... We can't really go too long without dropping music. So it's like, let's feed the streets. Let's let yeah. the people eat in the terms of free samples. And then it's cool because then with creating this kind of world, I just squeeze a bunch of Easter eggs about the album into every free samples. Thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, yeah, it's the it's the vehicle for presenting all of it. Pretty much. It's like, you know, like how could I, one, build like excitement or just even build, you know, just get people excited for a full length especially in the climate that we live in with so much music. How do you cut through the noise? Yeah. But then also, like, get music off my hard drive and let people yeah. hear some of the stuff I'm working on, um, but package it in a way where it's, like, the narrative is still, like, yo, I'm trying to tell you something. Yeah. And it may not make sense yet, but when it does, it's going to make a lot of sense very fast. So without saying too much, what are you trying to tell with this? I'm really just trying to tell people 
what I like that I'm trying new stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I'm letting people know subtly titles of the album. Yeah. Uh, you know, like themes of the album, how long I've been working. Like I'm 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 giving people a lot of Easter eggs into my creative process. Yeah. Letting people know what I've been working on creatively and how I've been growing. Yeah. Are you um because obviously with the world building too, like you've got buy one, get one free, not for sale, mm -hmm. free samples. Everything, everything can I mean, even going back before ninety four camera music, the last like six projects all lead up until this next one. Yeah. Um so there've been Easter eggs in every project, whether it's cover art or whatever, like or certain phrases I would say, like it's certain Easter eggs in every project from twenty I would say from 2016, even like SoundCloud days that lead yeah. up to this next body of work. Crazy. Mm. I was also, you know, I was listening back to Free Samples Volume 1 and NCAA Rules. Yeah. And, you know, that that song is so like raw and like deep and you're just like going yeah. for it. And I, and I had seen you talking about like that song and what else did you say? Like Snuck to Maddie. Yeah. Like yeah that yeah. being like you like unlocked kind of. The, that that storytelling yeah. style. Yeah, I made both the songs in the same day within 15 minutes of yeah. each other. Um, what do you like what do you think was like unlocked there and like how have you kind of like how has that stayed in your process as you continue to write? So I think at that moment one I knew I could write a very long story, <laughs> but I think I can write one that's chronological. Before I had a song called Crossroads that I had the same feeling about when I was like in like 2014 when I was able to make a story from a perspective of like, what if, right? Then I couldn't, and I couldn't do that before. So I'm like, all right, cool. Unlock some new shit. Cool. Now let's try to grow my storytelling, right? Then it's like, okay, journal entry type stories. Cool. Got that. Cool. But then it's like, how do, what if I, what, I want to do like a minute by minute story. And yeah. I just didn't have the capacity to do it. And then I heard the beat for NCAA rules and I'm like, oh, this is a, this is what I need to tell a story on. So then by writing NCAA rules, which is also, I wanted to find a way, because I was, I was studying a lot of artists who are like, yo, like I take elements or even like, um, I read a lot of like uh, screenwriting plays and shit, right? And like people were like, oh, I took elements from three people to create this character yeah. or something like that. So I was like, okay, like how do I do stuff like that? So I'm taking like elements from like three different you know people i know and creating you know the narrative that becomes ncaa rules which is like a real narrative is just you know yeah and then i'm like okay so i have that skill now and then now i can take three of my experiences from high school and create snuck to maddie's yeah so i got super excited immediately after i wrote ncaa rules because it was made in the same day i called my brother hype as hell like yo i just made a story this shit crazy yeah. and then wrote ncaa rules i mean i wrote snuck to maddie's on a metronome on the way home yeah, yeah. crazy yeah, because I feel like and NCAA rules also, it's like one of those things where the whole time you're listening, you're like, is he talking about himself? Like, yeah, you know, I get that you a lot. the character and then dude gets shot and you're right. like, well, clearly you're not, not the character. Right. It's, I'm, somebody asked me yesterday, like, yo, NCAA rules, like, what, what's up with that? I'm like, it's a it's a blend of three, yeah. three situations I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, and which is, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, even if it's a blend of three, you're still telling real stories. That, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is really cool and really important for me to do. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that definitely like unlocks something. Yeah. I think also speaking of you creating like Easter eggs or like lines that draw through projects, mm. 
And I feel like I didn't even really like think about it until last night when you were talking about it on stage, like the happy songs. Yeah. Uh, and like I was saying that like we played happy breakup song on not and then going back and listening to like happy September. And like, mm. I wonder what kind of, what is the, what is the meaning of those songs for you? And what, what like when you're making a song that like is going to continue that theme? It's crazy. Cause I don't ever want to make happy songs like, which sounds like a crazy statement, just in general, but like, or just where the title was happy yeah. because the first happy song was, was like 2016. It was called happy it was a happy November. And I made that like in a really dark place and it kind of like saved me that day. And then I mean, followed up the next year, like happy October, which is like a better place. And I was kind of able to flex a bit, but the happy ended up becoming like getting me out of yeah. a bad place. And it's not ironic. It's like a f- flipping it. Yeah, it's like, like these are happy songs, but these situations aren't happy. Yeah. They're never happy. I think Happy October is the only song where it's like, I actually felt good making that. You know what I mean? Like Happy Breakup Song, I felt better immediately after I wrote it. Yeah. But I wrote it because I had to reflect, you know? So the happy is just like, you just, I feel like I just know when a happy's coming. I'm like, damn, I'm finna write a happy today. Like, this is finna be a long day. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I need to get some shit. I out. need to get some shit off of my chest, you know? And granted, there are like songs where I do that in other facets, but I don't know. I think it just kind of became a series on its own. And I'm like, damn, like, I kind of hope I never make another happy song, but also like, I kind of fuck with the happy songs, yeah. you know what I mean? So. And it's just kind of a fun series. Yeah. Yeah. It's always cool to have everyone has their series, you know what I mean? Like the hearts, the timestamps, the whatever. Yeah. So it's cool to be like, damn, I, I technically kind of have a yeah, little you, series, you know? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Obviously, you're from Chicago. Yeah. You ride for Chicago Heavy. Uh, I do. This and uh, it seems like Chicago rides for you pretty heavy as well. I, they, I, I do get love. I really appreciate that. I seen yeah. the I seen the the Bears advertisement. Yeah. I seen the... I was just going through your Instagram. I seen the, the Chicago Fire. Yeah thing and then recently the cubs yo white socks or the white socks i gotta get the cubs too though because you know you gotta get the cubs too so i gotta get the cubs too so (laughs) how does it feel like kind of to be at a place where you know obviously you're very like chicago formed who you are but now like you're at a place where the city institutions are like yeah acknowledging you it's really crazy because i don't really i'm not used to like name recognition yeah you know i mean outside of like people knowing me like just from like you know seeing me grow up type shit so it's like you know when people reach out like where these like institutions reach out even when we reach out oh yeah we know femdot yeah that makes sense yeah. like what you know what i mean like yeah that's not something i've ever really thought about for real but it's really cool and i think the coolest part is like people know me in real life at home you know what I mean like they know me from open mics seven eight years ago they know me from you know, like Twitter, you know, trending topics in 2000. Like, n- niggas know me for real, yeah. you know, from high school, from whatever. So to see, I feel like for me to be able to do some of these things, it's like, damn, I know this nigga for real. Like, this is not a far-fetched thing for me to do something with the Sox or with the Bears or with whatever because, you know, I'm doing it and I'm I'm down the street from you. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like someone you grew up with now works for the Bears or something. You like feel that. me? Like it's 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 really cool, and just like I hope it's like, I mean it's reassuring for me, but I hope it's also like reassuring for like anybody else at the crib. You know? Yeah. So, do you ever feel pressure like coming from Chicago? Do you ever feel, ever like I ever feel pressure that like, you know, 
they're big shoes to fill when you're like looking at like yay common and then moving forward like chance, chance chief yeah, keith yeah. like like that there's like you know that people look at chicago and there's mount rushmore's of chicago i think yes and no um because i think every artist that breaks out of chicago has a bit something extra about them because there's so much talent just naturally there that we've seen for years and people who didn't come out the threshold. So I feel like, yes, there is a certain pressure. Like if you want to be the next or want to break through, you know, you have to transcend at some point. And it's everybody from Tink, Dreezy, Polo, No Name. You can go down the lineup, yeah. Sob. You can go down the lineup. Everybody has a little something about them that separates them from the rest of the industry. Um, so it's definitely a little pressure in that aspect, but also at the same time, it's like, that's just what Chicago is. Like, yeah. do you want to make it out of, you know what I'm saying? Do you want to make it out of here or not? Because that's what's going to have to happen. Like, yeah. you can't kind of just get, I seen something yesterday from one of my homies, Chris Classic, who like manages Smino and like Monty Booker runs a big studio uh, called Classic Studios. It's like been a hub for us for years. And he's like, uh, he, he was in an interview and he was like, Chicago, a lot of times known as a city of hate, like where people hate on each other. But he explained it in such an interesting way because he was like, we hate people who don't love themselves. <laughs> He's like, we're going to hate on you because we don't believe you. Like, yeah. okay, like, yeah, you think I don't believe you got to show me. We're very much a show me city. Yeah. So I think it's the same aspect where it's like, yeah, you're not getting love or whatever because if you can get love in Chicago and get love anywhere because we only like authenticity. Yeah. Nothing else works. You can't. That's why ain't no outside gangs in Chicago. There's no, no, like, it's not going to work here. So there is pressure, but then it's also, like, that's just what comes with trying to make it out of there, specifically, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I know, I mean, like you're saying, it's like there's so many talented artists in Chicago. So many, bro. So many, bro. I think especially, like, I mean, knowing the knowing the history, but then, like, getting tapped in. I remember when I was in college and it was, like, the kids these days and all that, mm -hmm. that movement. That was a time. Yo, and I was, like... I feel like that was the first time that I was just like, look at all these fucking music school kids. Yeah, kids we was from Chicago, kids, just bro. like we was kid. Like, like Vic started popping in like fifteen. I remember Vic was popping in the city like fifteen, bro. Like we had the five day mixtapes for Chance and shit. Like Chance to go to everybody high school, pass out mixtapes. He was like seventeen. You know what I mean, like yeah. And then you like, how did that kind of like you as a kid seeing that rise? Yeah. How did that kind of like influence your perspective on all I mean, because it was cool because I'm in the thick of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm at the same open mics as all these people were all doing the same shit. And it's like, oh shit, like this is like, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Everyone's just trying to be, you know, trying to get popping at the crib. Yeah. And then blog eras and all the other shit, SoundCloud, shit like this. So you're watching all this happen. Like, oh, for me, it was always like, yo, this shit is really possible. Like, yeah. No one knows the fuck they doing, but that's the that's damn near the best part about it. Niggas are just creating, yeah. and shit's just happening. You know what I mean? Like, wow, this shit is really, really possible, and yeah. that shit's very raw to me. Yeah, it's sick. I know you also have your own nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. The Deli Cram Scholars. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Was that like when did it kind of when did that become kind of a reality for you? When you were like, oh, I can really do this. I was when I was in college. I knew I wanted to start it maybe like, I've always wanted to start something and help people in some way. Um, and I knew I wanted to start it maybe like three years before, maybe like 2015 or so when I was in school. Um, but by 2018, when I finished college and I was doing a show, I'm like, damn, what if we give proceeds from the show to like, you know, like some students at my alma mater 
I'm like, okay, let's start there. Like, that's not too difficult, right? Yeah. And then we do it, and I'm like, oh, we could probably keep doing this shit. You know what I mean? We should probably keep doing this shit. Like, this is very raw. Like, the first scholar I had, I had class with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like she done gave me her chemistry notes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, that's fire, you know? And then I think it was 2020 for real where it just became a larger thing. Because it's like, all right, like, when it came time for, like, the world was fucking up, as a, you know, especially in the U.S., it's like, all right, how can we just help? What are we doing? And I think that's when, like, our civic engagement aspect really came into play. So Yeah. Hell yeah. My last question is the mechanical pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the mechanical pencil. It's a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. It's a thing. Is it just, like, a nod to, like, you're a writer? It's a... That plays a part, too. There are pictures of me at, like, 17 with a pencil in my hand. <laughs> yeah. But I also think there are a couple of things. Like, one, I'm writing all, all the time, and it's cool. I mean, people see me in the club, but who the fuck is this nigga in the club with a mechanical pencil? That's kind of yeah. crazy. Also, you don't see mechanical pencils that often. Yeah, people don't. I mean, people don't really write anything anymore anyway. Everything is typed out. But also, too, like, when I was younger, like, it was like a thing, just having something with me, like a, a pencil or something with me, or like, I don't know, it kind of, like, calmed me down a bit. But then also, I think now, because of, like, how I've grown is very grassroots, like, me having a pencil in my ear is very much a reminder to the people who have seen me for the past 10 years that, like, I'm the same person, the same little nigga with the mechanical pencil that I was 10 years ago, you know? So it definitely keeps me grounded a bit. But it's a thing. It's always very interesting when people are like, yo, is that a pencil? It is. It is a pencil in my ear. That's a thing. (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, thank you for coming. No, thank you for having me. For I appreciate real. you. While you're here, you want to play this out with the performance? Why not? I don't see why not. Let's let's. let's and do if it. you before we switch over, do you want to just introduce kind of the song you're gonna perform for sure and give a little background on like that song and where that comes from? So the song I'm gonna do is called Cowboy Bebop. I, I'm, I'm I know just enough anime for the reference. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's off uh, Free Samples 2. It's the first single off that. And it's a lot of real rap, raw rap. I was in my little bag, so it's a fun one. Yeah. It's good y'all's femmed out for not 9-7, man. We doing Cowboy Bebop right now. Y'all know what's going on. Hey. Yeah. Boy, you was up north, how you spitting that heat rock? Boy, you was in Glenwood, what you know about G-Locks? Pumped by his feet like Sean Kemp with the Reeboks Bounty on that boy head, that's that cowboy bebop uh, Got degrees from college and schools are hard knocks Learn biology from the class and the hard tops Learn if you shoot a nigga in his head, make his heart stop Priority mail packages full of Ziplocs and side Weigh as much as a laptop I, I've been mad hot since we was still trying to bring back uh, Flat tops, top five, must have guys Screaming loud like it's cap lock Nothing to cap out Fuck around, get your cap rock Used to fight with padlocks Stuffed in black socks Some that I knew since the sandbox Hourglass ran out Cause they lived next to the members of Murders roll like smalls from the sandlot I done fought with police Knuckled up with undercovers Now I'm starting beef with ham hocks Can't coast through the shit that we been through My experience is landlocked you know how we rock, all my shit crack, all that other shit is re-rock, passed on film, hold on, you know you need that, could have had Kobe Bean, but you wanted D-Rock, 
and the whole team hot Like a GTA, you see the cheat codes that we got Boy, we was up north, how you spitting that heat rock? Boy, you was in Glenwood, fuck you know about Z-Locks Pumped by his feet like Sean Kemp with the Reeboks Bounty on that boy here, that's that cowboy bebop uh. I eat you up beats, then God bless me Not one for rah-rah, said don't tempt me uh. My guy's quick to draw, you quite sketchy Let it ring in one ear like Mike Jeffrey Feet game feet, but the closet is quite messy Me and your wife real close, but not besties Never did second, but all in the silver necklace was taught Don't enter somewhere, but you can't see the exit Stop bringing your friends around the hoes The niggas is weird, they'll get exposed The niggas is lame, we get them gone Get them ghosts, I told him to get some ghosts Boy, you was up north, how you spitting that heat rock? Boy, you was in Glenwood, what you know about Z-Locks? Pumped by his feet like Sean Kemp with the Reeboks Bounty on that boy head, that's that cowboy bebop, yeah